0: My name is Hannah. I created Little Thoughts blog. Um, I have also created Talk Mental Health Twitter
1: chat. Hello and welcome to Mike's Open Journal episode 40. Wow, big 4-0. And today I had the amazing opportunity to speak to Hannah, creator of Little Thoughts, but also, uh, as most of us know, the creator of hashtag TalkMH. Uh, this evening we spoke about a few different topics including uh, education, young people uh, being involved with and being aware of mental health and well touching on some of the amazing stuff that's going on online with those Twitter chats as well and some of the things that Hannah might have planned for the future. It was a very enjoyable discussion. Uh, I really really loved talking to Hannah and looking forward to hearing from her again when she has a little bit more to tell us about a certain project so i'm going to drop you straight into oh wow i say it's the beginning of our conversation we rambled for probably about 20 minutes before this stage but once we started getting going uh, i'm going to kind of drop you in towards the beginning of that so you get to hear a little bit about hannah um, and her story as well if you're happy to kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got involved in the like the mental health arena I suppose um, and your own experience leading up to that that would be great
0: well actually when I started my blog it wasn't about mental health at all mm. I didn't know that it would take that route whatsoever um, it was merely a fact of one day it was a January bleak day and I thought oh, I'm not feeling too great today Um, And I've been blogging for about a month, month and a half. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to write about it. So I did. And that was my first ever mental health post. And it got quite a good reaction um, with what at the time was my teeny tiny following, about 10 people on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it went down really well. So I thought, actually, not only did this help me to write it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. Um, But also, actually, when I first started writing, I was mm, kind of nearly starting to be in recovery anyway. So it all sort of happened prior to my blog happening. Oh, okay. Um, But my blog for me was, firstly, I am a very creative person. And although my job's quite creative anyway, I needed just sort of that extra level of creativity because it was sort of in me and had nowhere to go. Um, I'd always loved writing ever since I was, well, for as long as I can remember. I always wrote as a child, whether that be like poems, stories, whatever. (coughs) Excuse me. Um,
1: I think like girls this is very stereotypical but I think girls more naturally sort of write and have mm. that kind of I don't it's not necessarily in my mind like a creative thing but just naturally feel quite at ease with um writing Whereas that's something you don't always see I don't think in young mm. boys um, definitely but there's that big change between just being I guess comfortable and having that as a natural way to kind of communicate with friends when you're younger and yeah. then obviously being in a, a a role to some extent obviously where you've got your career but um kind of balancing that off as actually this is a skill that i have like i, I am good at um not just writing but that communication of either information or thought um, mm. and i think that really comes across with um the, the kind of the written work that you do
0: oh thanks <laughs> <laughs> um because well that's the other thing really when i started it i didn't believe for one second that I was good at writing or that really anybody would even really read it to be honest I didn't tell anyone about it only my my boyfriend and my best friend knew about my blog Mm. none of my family or anybody else because it was really just for me and it was like my my kind of little project
2: yeah
0: and then as it started to grow I kind of had to I was a bit like mum Um, this is going on now. Like, this is a whole other side to my life Mm. that you haven't known about. (laughs) And that was quite an interesting conversation.
1: I suppose because it becomes, like you say, quite a big thing where it starts off initially as um, something like a hobby or a little project Mm. that you're doing. Um, And like you say, I see through (laughs) um, your website that before you had um, sort of other posts and other bits of information going Mm. up, because I know you talk about like beauty and lifestyle as well as mental health yeah um so then it becomes a uh, a big change like you say where it, where it becomes part of your life it's although it isn't a job in terms of time and effort it's almost like a mm. job um in that sense um and it can be something yeah. that becomes hugely important to you and weirdly sometimes is a secret i guess
0: yeah massively it is so important to me now um particularly the mental health stuff like if somebody was to say to me you can keep your love but you can only write about mental health I'd be like absolutely fine Mm. to be honest if I'm completely honest with you the rest of it is just like my fun side of it like writing about makeup lifestyle whatever Mm. that is me enjoying a hobby and having that creative outlet the mental health stuff is my passion more Mm. than anything else um And that is my wanting to help and be helped as well, side of it. So I think it never, well, I never really intended it to be like this. I never thought I'm going to start a blog about mental health because I was very closed about it, very quiet Mm. about my mental health struggles and what I'd been through and whatever, and not many people really knew about it. Um, So I, I never would have thought for a second that my blog would be mainly about mental health one day.
1: I've just seen, um, because I've, um, like I pull up a bit of information before we start, so I have like, your, I've got, like, your website on one tab and then Twitter on mm. another tab, and I've just seen on Twitter that you only joined Twitter December last year.
0: Yeah, my blog. Oh, my well, gosh. be fair, <laughs> I had a, a another account.
1: Oh, thank God.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Believe me, I've been a Twitter addict for, like, five years. Don't okay.
1: worry. <laughs> well, I was like, jeez, um, what's this called? Done in here?
0: No, I had a personal account, okay. um, which I kept for about a month mm. after I started my blog and then I thought actually this is becoming a bit of a big deal for me now like I really love doing this so I'm going to create a different account for it mm. um so I started my blog in December last year so it's nearly a year
1: mm. um
0: and in that time I created the Twitter for it as well
1: oh it's all gone so well
2: Yay!
1: Um, so it's kind of a sideways um, more of like a personal query is because I've seen it a few times now on um, both on the uh, TalkMH and on the Mental Health Hour um, chats that I'm involved with where there's a few bloggers that kind of add into those chats um, Mm. and on their profile some identify as like a a mental health blogger but there's quite Mm. a lot that um, identify as a lifestyle blogger Uh, And as someone that um, kind of identifies as being both, I guess, um, I was wondering what your kind of explanation for the difference is or if you see there being a difference. Mm. Um, Because in my mind, it's a little bit confused.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. I think that's a perfectly (laughs) um, valid question. Um, This might not be the same for everybody. It's purely my take on it. Mm. But for me, lifestyle might be about fitness or health or it's more about well-being whereas mental health I think is a completely separate issue in my mind to well-being I know they're very closely related Mm -hmm. um, and can impact each other but I think lifestyle is more well it's less niche it's a very broad subject Um, and I remember actually when I first started blogging I was a bit like oh what what's classed as lifestyle yeah. anything could be lifestyle and it I actually learned that a lot of people when it's not beauty <laughs> and they don't know what to put it under they put it under lifestyle literally ask any blogger and they will tell you that lifestyle is basically such an umbrella query yeah you just put anything in there that's not nice,
1: <laughs> I was just thinking. to be said, completely honest as you were describing that i was like yeah that does make sense and i was like but also then how is beauty different <laughs>
0: <laughs> i know it's, it is a bit strange it is but i think for me i really really wanted to separate the mental health from the lifestyle because mm. it was the main event for me if you like i didn't want to just put it under lifestyle because to me it's much more than that yeah I think there's so many lifestyle bloggers out there and as you say so many people claim to be lifestyle bloggers I didn't really just want to be another lifestyle blogger
1: yeah I suppose to some extent you kind of get lost in the crowd
0: absolutely and I think yeah to me mental health is much more than that and I wanted to make sort of more of a a bigger deal of it Mm. but it's different for everybody I think
1: yeah that's true and I think like you said at the beginning like everyone's not exp- everyone's definition, I guess, of a lifestyle blogger will be different. They'll have different,
0: different.
1: expectations or different examples of that. So I think that's very true.
0: Mm. Definitely.
1: Um, and <coughs> so we kind of talked a little bit about the setup of your blog and the website and obviously leading through then into creating um, the hashtag TalkMH kind of chat and discussion that mm. happens every week. Um, where did the kind of the idea or the creation process start for you?
0: I knew you were going to ask me this, <laughs> and if I'm honest, I wish that I had a really lovely explanation for it, like yeah. a really fancy story, but I don't. It is literally that I was driving home from work one day, and there were roadworks, and I was sitting in the traffic, thinking oh I'd really like to get home and I was bored and I was tired and it literally suddenly popped into my head out of nowhere that there aren't any mental health chats on Twitter
2: Mm.
0: or not any that I was aware of anyway Mm. Um, I'd taken part in some lifestyle blogger chats back to that word again (laughs) (laughs) and um, beauty blogger chats Um, And there's like Disney blogger chats and the girl gang chats and there's so much going on. And I thought, actually, I don't think there is a mental health one. Um, And that's really where it started was just that kind of realisation that I'd really like to speak to other people about this. Mm. Um, So I literally just did a a Twitter poll and I was like, do people want a mental health Twitter chat or is this just one of my crazy ideas where I think, oh, yeah. That's great. And then everyone else is like,
2: What? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and I really didn't want that to happen.
0: <laughs> but luckily, it didn't. So it was fine. Um, and loads of people were like, Yep, really positive about it. We want this to happen. So I thought, All right then. So I drafted up loads of topics, contacted a few people, and that was it. Within days, we were having the first chat.
1: That's really cool. How did you find like the first like the first chat
0: well I wanted to do the first chat because I was like this is my baby but also if it turns out to be complete fail Mm. then I've not embarrassed somebody else I didn't want somebody else to host and be like oh this is rubbish why did I do this (laughs) (laughs) and for them to feel sort of down about it yeah so I thought I would do the first one and it can be an introductory this is what the chat's about this is who I am Mm. tell me who you are whatever and loads of people got involved so then i booked loads of slots in advance literally i was booked in when did it start august in september we were booked right up until february
1: wow
0: so i had slots booked Every single week, some of them being me, I chose that I wanted to do, like, one every three weeks or something like that. Okay. Um, and one of my very good blogging friends, Erin, suffers from anxiety, and I was like, yep, absolutely want to cover anxiety. So I, I literally just contacted her and was like, do you want to host the next chat? Mm. And she was like, yeah, absolutely. So it, it literally just went on from there, and I just contacted loads of people, and then I had people contacting me being like, can we cover this topic? Can yeah. I host? Can I host? And I'm like, ah! And it became <laughs> like it, massive. And I within weeks, it was completely booked up. And I was like, what is going on?
1: Mm, I think very quickly, especially if you've got like a really um, – proactive interactive audience Mm. um and they've seen like the first or second chats and they get an idea and they're like oh I just really enjoy being part of it and there's like this certain topic or issue that I'd really like to discuss and like kind of lead the chat on um and I think having that opportunity like is really um great for the chat and it's also interesting to hear like you say that from the beginning um you had that idea to kind of have guest hosts Mm. to come on and talk about their own, uh, I guess, area of interest within mental health.
0: Absolutely. To be honest with you, for me, that's what the whole thing is about. I wanted to cover as many topics as I could so that as many people as possible would feel involved mm. and that they had kind of a place within the... I hate using this word, but the community. Yeah. Um, so, But for that reason, it meant that having other people involved really made sense like when it comes to OCD or bipolar disorder for example Mm. I know some fantastic bloggers who write about those conditions and suffer suffer with those conditions it just kind of made sense to include them because I would hate to host a chat on OCD for example when I don't have OCD Mm. I don't want to give off any false information or create any kind of stigma or anything that could potentially be damaging to people. Yeah. I really wanted it to have like the best result for everybody involved.
2: Mm.
0: So having other people and allowing them to share their stories with other people and experience hosting the chat, which is so fun by the way. Um, it. I just, that's what it's about for me. It's about everybody being involved.
1: Mm. And I think it's one of the things that is, um, that is quite different, um, because I've seen, um, I spoke to, um, Angie yesterday that is the, uh, the girl that leads the, uh, mental health hour chats on the mm. Monday and, um, she had said similar to you, like, she kind of had this idea <laughs> of, of doing something around mental health and it was part of, I think it was part of one of her projects or something that she was working mm. on, um, at uni and, um, kind of hadn't come across anything within uh like the online community or on twitter um, around mental health and i think um that's one of the things that i think we possibly drop off with is that um around like that time that the chat goes on there's so much communication going on but if people just happen to not be online at that time Mm -hmm. um then you kind of miss out on what's there sometimes Yes. Um, and I think that's where we get into the situation Of those of us that are aware or involved um, Whether you dip in or out You're aware there's different things going on um, yes. And I know that there's other chats that go on That sometimes I happen to hit And other times I don't But I'm not involved enough mm. to kind of Remember when they are and participate every yeah. week <laughs> um, I just get really annoyed Because I know like, sometimes I'm like There is other ones that I add into But I haven't been <laughs> on them for like two weeks I just can't remember <laughs> when they are Uh, I
0: totally agree with that
1: but I think yours is the only one I've come across where you have like guest hosts I'm sure um from my experience most of the ones I've come across which have been kind of general mental health ones or some are specific like OCD or borderline um it's generally um I think if it's not the same person it's like one of two people that will always lead those chats um and I do (coughs) like that but I think the fact that you have different kind of guest hosts does open it up it does mean that um, I don't think you would misrepresent any particular mental health illness or experience Um, but I think it opens it up to that um, opportunity to have um, someone that's part of a different kind of online social group Mm -hmm. that then interacts a lot more and pulls (laughs) in more people and adds more awareness to the chat as well.
0: Definitely and I think this could be one of the reasons why there is such a sense of um, like support and community Mm. amongst everybody that takes part Mm. because yes there are quite often the same people that come back every week and god I literally love those people but also there are people that as you say hadn't ever seen it before and they're like oh what's this and they get involved and the welcome Mm. that these people get And the responses that they get are just, it is so incredible. And I think that could be because of the, not only the amount of people that are involved, but also the amount of different types of people that are involved, if that makes sense.
2: yeah.
0: It's just such a broad spectrum of different people, um, different mental illnesses, different backgrounds, different types of people, that there is always somebody there. Mm there is always somebody that understands you in some way. And I think that, yeah. that for me is what makes it so special.
1: Mm. And I think where you've, um, obviously already built that, uh, kind of audience up that you do have. If someone comes along and suffers from a particular mental health illness, that mm. there would almost definitely be at, at the very least one other person. Yes,
2: um, absolutely.
1: That has kind of a similar experience to, to you. Um, And I think generally, again, across the board, even if I know there isn't, but if there wasn't someone else that had um, a similar illness, um, I think the kind of audience that that you have with the chat is actually a very open and caring one. So I think that wouldn't necessarily matter in a a sense that they would still be very much welcomed into the chat. Um, They would still have the opportunity to kind of come through and talk about their own experience and get support from other people as well. So... Um, I think that speaks a lot for the those people that are there on a mm. regular basis and the kind of environment that's been created.
0: I completely agree with you. And this is why I say this probably sounds so extreme, but it is so true. This is why this chat has literally restored my faith in humanity, because mm. I think with depression, I got to a point where I thought, you know what? everyone's rubbish, people Mm. are horrible.
2: Mm.
0: And particularly with the way that some people reacted to my mental illness or treated me because of it, I thought, people are rubbish. Why are people so horrible? And since doing this chat, it's completely turned it around. The level of support, like no exaggeration this is so silly (laughs) but literally I have cried some weeks because of the amount of support it's been so overwhelming Mm. that I've become really emotional I'm like oh my god I've never experienced support on such a grand scale and I really hope that other people feel that too
1: Mm. I think that um it's a big thing like that opportunity just to kind of talk out and like it is a, it is quite a big group and it is mm-hmm. an hour um so there's kind of limited scope for some of those yeah the, i guess the depth of the conversation sometimes yes. um but i do think that you see <clears throat> um some people continue that conversation after the hour mm-hmm. um, yeah so that's really good in it, it, that uh, kind of re- relationship rapport between those people just because it's like, oh, it's um, like the hour's finished, um, like we're all going to go off and do whatever now. Mm. Um, yeah. Actually, those conversations have been started and they do carry on either after the hour or in through the, like later on in the week. Mm. Um, and it does create that um, like that community amongst the audience as well. So I think that makes uh, a huge difference. And I've just realised that I did have a point to make, but I've kind of rambled a little bit there and forgot what the original <laughs> point was. It was leading up to something, but I was like, damn it, where was I going with this?
0: <laughs> Don't worry, I'm rambling so much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think um, it was around the emotion, because you mentioned, um, like, uh, like being brought to tears about some of it. Mm. And, um, yeah, like, some of the, the, like the experiences that people talk about um, are hugely moving and... Yes. Especially um like everyone gradually talks over time as well. But when it's someone that maybe you haven't seen before, the openness and the willingness sometimes to yes. talk to a group that they've maybe come along to for the first or for the second time about the experiences that they've had, um, is amazing to see that they feel like firstly comfortable enough to say that, that they have the like the courage and the bravery to to be online and say, Do you know what, like I went through this, I felt like this. Um, or I struggled with this, um, and just, like, the knowing, like, how difficult it is to admit to the struggles that we have, um, and for them to see that this is arguably basically a room full of a lot of people, um, and kind of, like, stand up, maybe not at the front, but stand up in the middle of the room, (laughs) and say, like, these are the issues that I've had. Um, I just feel like that's a really brave thing and it's really great that they have like that space to kind of do that
0: absolutely that is a massive deal and i know that from my own experience it's really not easy to do that Mm. which is why i love so much the response and the welcomes that these people get um from other people that that take part in the chats um, and as you say, that doesn't stop on a Thursday at half nine when the chat finishes. It goes on all week. Yeah. So that's what I mean when I say there is always somebody there. You could be having the most awful day or the most awful night or whatever. There will be somebody there. And I've really found that. That's helped me out oh a huge, huge amount. Because all I have to do is click on the hashtag... And I feel so supported and I guess like a sense of belonging Mm. and seeing all of these other people speak about their struggles and their experiences. And, yeah, knowing how difficult that is, it spurs you on constantly. Mm. It's like having this constant tap of inspiration. And all I have to do is click on the hashtag and it's there for me to see. So when I'm really struggling for like motivational inspiration that's where I go.
1: I've just had like this weird image in my head of a tap. Um no. <laughs> no not a tap. <laughs> um when you were saying like being keyed into like that different world and being linked in and mm. um like in my mind I've got like the thought of it's like the opposite to the matrix. Um, <laughs> have you seen the matrix?
2: No. <laughs> oh
1: my god. Okay. So they um, find out that they live in like a fake world and um, they basically get like pulled out of this fake world, which is our world. Um, into a different world and I was like oh in my mind it's so like we live in the fake world and then like you key into this chat and you're talking to people about stuff that's like really real but everyone else ignores yeah. it that is um,
2: literally so it. I feel
1: like it's kind of the reverse so for people that listen to this that have seen The Matrix <laughs> it's like a reverse <laughs> of that
0: <laughs> that's so true we have just summed it up we're going into a different world with this
1: yeah. hashtag guys yeah. um, I do feel like you need to have seen the film to get it (laughs)
0: I'll find it on YouTube
1: after this. Yeah, just like a short two-minute summary would be enough. Um, (laughs) uh, I've got one one question I kind of want to come back to about the uh, TalkMH. Um, Mm. But obviously, we've kind of talked through a little bit about uh, kind of where your blog started and the website and how it's obviously moved on and evolved with um, the hashtag TalkMH chat that we have on Twitter. Um, I don't know if you were kind of comfortable to talk a little bit about your own experience with mental health, like prior to um, everything successful that's happened recently.
0: Yeah. Okay. So in um, 2014, I was diagnosed with depression in August, September time.
2: Mm.
0: Um, Prior to that, I'd been suffering for about three months and I... Didn't know what to do with it, didn't know where to go, didn't know what to do. Um, And it took me quite a while to go to the doctor. Um, But I was diagnosed with anxiety when I was about eight or nine. Mm. So that's been going on for quite a long time. Um, And the doctor said to me, well, said my mum, it's anxiety, she'll grow out of it, and sent us on our way. And here I am at 20... And I haven't grown out of it,
2: mm.
0: <laughs> basically. <laughs>
2: um, <God damn. laughs> I haven't
0: grown out of it at all, in fact. Um, it's actually only worsened.
2: Mm.
0: But anyway, um, I'll come back to that. Um, so, after I went to the doctor, he gave me the number for a company called Sh- Sh- Law Trust mm. to provide... Um, <clears throat> sorry counselling and therapy services, blah, blah, blah. So I had literally just talking therapy. It wasn't CBT. It wasn't anything, really. Okay. It was just talking therapy. Yep. Um, because my uh, triggers, if you like, are trauma-related. Okay. So I had to go for six weeks every week and speak to lovely, lovely lady called Peggy. She was so lovely. Mm. Um, about... The trauma that I experienced and what I was going through, and I had to fill out a questionnaire every week until I was feeling fine. And then, in just before my last session, the sixth session in that week, um, that was when I started to experience panic attacks in all their glory. Um, prior to that, it was more of a generalized anxiety daily sometimes it would pop up sometimes it wouldn't and it nothing ever really sort of happened with it it was completely manageable and in fact for years it didn't bother me for years it wasn't an issue um until the last week of that therapy session came and it all went downhill mm-hmm. um i had an awful panic attack i will never ever forget that night i've written about it um it's quite hard to speak about, so forgive me. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's fine. If, um, if you ever want to stop or move away, I've got other questions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no. It's absolutely fine. This is what I'm here for. Um, basically, that was the night that depression was at its peak. Mm. And as a result, anxiety was at its peak. I always found that the two are best friends. They work hand in hand. Mm. Um, well, they did for me. And when my... Um, depression was very bad I was always then even more anxious because I I remember thinking what am I going to do
2: yeah
0: what am I capable of who am I right now I I didn't know who I was I didn't know where I was I didn't know anything um and my thoughts were completely negative there were thoughts of self-harm there were thoughts of all sorts and I basically had this massive panic attack because I didn't know what I was going to do Hmm. firstly to myself um but also about myself I didn't know how I was going to make it through that night let alone anything else um in the end I did um and I would also like to add that I made it through that night because of firstly not only my boyfriend but secondly David Attenborough Mm. <laughs> David Attenborough got me through that night. <laughs> oh.
2: um, what were you so,
0: watching? Yeah. Um, I always really like the the um, sea ones, the ones underwater. Okay. Um, about sea creatures, I love that. So my boyfriend put David Attenborough sea documentaries on and it got me to sleep and I was oh. okay. Then um, the next morning I didn't go to work. I phoned in sick. Um, I came home from my boyfriend's house and I went straight to the doctors. Um, I phoned them, got an emergency appointment, and I went into the doctor's room and I cried and cried and cried for I don't know how long. And he said to me, "Okay, um, you need meds. So I thought, "Okay, therapy didn't work. Let's try meds. So I did, um, and I took sertraline for five days. Um, probably laughing because five days is nothing. Um, I gave up on meds yeah. because side effects weren't good. Um, mm. I went back to my doctor and I said to him, I'm not taking this ever again. And he, I explained to him sort of how I'd been feeling and yeah whatever I'm not going to speak about that because I don't want people to hear that and think oh meds are awful because they're not
1: they help people um from obviously you've identified already the fact like the length of time you were taking it you would have felt the negative of the side effects without any benefit at all yes Um, yeah so I think it's that balance as well of working out that can you cope with the side effects is there another option for you Um, and I think like you obviously acknowledging straight away, actually, is that a time when I would have felt no benefit, but I couldn't cope with Mm. the side effects that were coming with that.
0: I didn't give it enough of a chance, but also when I went back to my doctor and I told him what I'd been experiencing, he was like, okay, Hannah, this doesn't normally happen. Mm. You have had a bad reaction Mm. to this particular medication. Would you like to try another one? And I chose to say no.
2: Um,
0: I would really like to point out that that isn't generally what happens. Um, A lot of people are on meds, have been on meds, and are fine. It massively helps people. It saves people's lives.
1: Yeah, I take Um, um, citalopram, and I'd mm -hmm. agree. Like, that first – mine was probably a bit longer. I think the first two weeks (laughs) – um, like it made me feel really, really sick in the morning, like yeah. almost like physically sick. Yep. Um, and like my sleep was really bad at the time, but I think it made it worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and this it's so it's funny the things that you pick up on. I think I might have mentioned this once before, but. I'd read the leaflet with all of the side effect information on beforehand and it tells you about, oh, you could have like broken sleep, you could have like suicidal thoughts, your depression could get Mm. worse, you could become anxious about different things. Um, There was a load of other stuff about like possibly like some of your skin colour could change, blah, 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 blah um Mm. or like you could have um erectile problems or like okay Mm. like it's getting more serious the thing that really worried me (laughs) was the potential hair loss (laughs) i was like i'm okay with all of this like suicide depression like change of skin color even the erectile stuff i'll deal with but hair loss i'm not sure about this one for you that is
0: a big deal you have longer hair than me
1: i I was like now i need i need to give this some some more serious thought (laughs) am i (laughs) yes
0: yeah so I No. Think... <laughs> for me, it was the... Um, well, firstly, I slept for days straight. I didn't eat for days. Um, I was just asleep, like, all the time. Yeah. And I couldn't eat because I was throwing up and I was feeling sick. It was just, like, rubbish. But for me, it was the grinding of the teeth. Oh, yeah. For me, I really didn't do well with having... with being labelled. I found that really difficult because... Yeah. Well, stereotypes, really. And the whole grinding of the teeth thing and, like, my feet and hands were tingling. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm crazy. Mm. I thought, right now, I feel crazy. Yeah. And that's what made me come off it. And now I look back and I'm like, you're not crazy. I think now I did what I had to do at that time.
2: Yeah.
0: Which is what meds do. Mm. They, They give you what you need at that time. Yeah. Um, which is why for some people it's the best thing they'll ever do. And for some people, like me, it just, it wasn't for me.
1: Mm. But I think it also gives you that opportunity to work out, like, you'd made the decision to go in and see the doctor and ask for help. They've given you which is at most a recommendation, um, but at least an option of taking medication. um, And you've taken that, you've tried it, um, decided that 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 isn't for you. um, And at the end of the day, the route that you've taken, however you've taken it, has brought you to where you are. And I think that's a very good place. So the decisions that you made have worked for you and it's been um, the correct decisions for you. And that's the most important thing.
0: Absolutely. And I struggled with that for quite a long time. because I was thinking, why can't I take meds? People always take meds. Why am I so weak? Why can't I do it?
1: Mm.
0: And actually, as you say, now when I look back, I think I am where I am now because of everything that's led up to this point.
1: Yeah. And I think it's it's funny hearing you say the words that you just said, because I think a lot of people would see taking medication as a weakness.
2: Yes, And they do. you
1: saw it as... Not being able to take medication as a weakness.
0: Made me weak. Yeah.
1: I I feel like we that kind of just so points at the fact that it's almost like we're so down on ourselves, it doesn't really matter what you do. You're always gonna see what you do as a failure or as I couldn't do whatever it is Mm. I'm not going to do. Uh, Um rather than like take the benefit that like if you benefit from taking medication, you don't think about do you know what? Like I had the courage to go and ask for help and now I'm doing the best thing that I can for me like I'm taking the medication that helps mm. me with my mental health yeah or for you saying actually do you know what I've been, not not recommended, it's been suggested that I could take this to help me, but it's not the best thing for me. And you didn't just go along with it just because you've been told by a doctor you could. You're like, actually, do you know what? This is not the best thing for me. Mm. Um, And we focus on that negative side of, oh, I didn't do whatever the other option was, rather than saying, actually, do you know what? I stood up and I said, like, I've got a problem and this is the thing that I think will help me.
0: Which is so courageous
2: Mm.
0: to me there isn't a braver uh, act Mm. because I know how difficult that is and I've been there myself like it took me months to go to see the doctor Mm. and even after that it took me months to phone for therapy
2: yeah
0: I know how difficult making that step is which is why when other people do it whether it be whether they feel that it's right for them or not still they, they've done it yeah. which is huge and I think as you say we are hard on ourselves and we forget to remind ourselves of that that actually the things that we do they are brave they mm. are courageous and I think it's so important to remember the way that we I'm going off on a complete tangent
1: here. no go for it
0: <laughs> I think it's important to remember the way that we speak to ourselves mm. and the way that we um are with ourselves how we communicate with ourselves because we should treat ourselves in the same way that we treat a friend Hmm. which is why now when I look back I'm not like oh you're weak you didn't take meds I'm like you know what that's fine that Hmm. didn't work for you and it's okay Hmm. which is exactly what I would say to a friend yeah I think that was the point I was trying to make but it just took me a while to get there
1: (laughs) no I think that's a good um kind of analogy in that because it's you you're you're harder on yourself and actually if you maybe you think about it in that I don't know if that's third person I think third person's when it's I don't ask me me. um (laughs) if you look at yourself as like you say like a friend and you think actually would I say that to someone else do I just say it because I'm saying it to me Mm -hmm. um if like my friend came and said to me like oh I feel like this but I've tried to do these things you know like like, look at the positive stuff that you you've tried to do that you've attempted that you have already achieved Um, yeah like there's other stuff that you want to carry on working on but like you're already on that that journey it's not like you're at the start you've done so much already
0: yes which is so so important i cannot emphasize that enough
1: Mm.
0: Well, i think we are constantly sort of striving for the next thing and wanting something else and wanting to be doing something else that we don't actually stop and look at everything that we've done already yeah. and where we've been already mm. and the things that we've achieved already, which I think is, it's so valuable to recognise that and, and, well, I guess take note of that rather than constantly being like, oh, I haven't done this, I haven't been to this place, I haven't done this. Look at everything that you have done.
1: Yeah. I think it's like those, sometimes you see those, um, like the saying images and pictures and stuff and some of them are uh, that i uh, they half of them really annoy me and the other half are funny but <laughs> for the the ones that i see where there's like the guy or girl that's halfway up the stairs and they're like okay you're not at the top but look how far you've already come yes i kind of really hate those um but the message is really good <laughs> <laughs> it's the thought that counts, yeah Mike. i just find it so like unimaginative (laughs) but it's so it's so true and I think it is um in that kind of conversation that we're having I think that's such a good example of kind of showing that progress that people have made
0: yes definitely
1: um when you mentioned before about being like a child that's did you say eight that was kind of diagnosed with um anxiety yeah
0: eight or nine maybe ten at the most
1: um more and more like I've spoken to a few people that have been diagnosed with a mental health um illness at a really young age um and I I don't know in my mind I find that really strange um like I completely understand probably from like I guess 12 where you're in my mind old enough to um like understand to some extent what's going on within your family or your friendship groups yeah um but when um and a few people have sort of said similar to you sort of between um I think seven and nine Um, been diagnosed with um, different types of mental health illnesses and I find that really I don't know I don't know how you kind of find yourself in that situation where obviously anything could happen to anyone and so um, Mm. you find yourself in a situation where you do have a mental health illness but how is that kind of how do you progress is not the right word Um, how do you move from having that illness to actually kind of being at the doctor's, being diagnosed with that. Um, Yeah.
0: Um, Well, for me, um, I don't know if it's the same for anyone else, I don't know. But for me, um, as a child, anxiety showed itself in different ways. So like now when I might be sick or I might have a panic attack or my heart races or whatever, Mm. it wasn't anxiety in that way okay um like now i'm very very aware of my thoughts and the negative thoughts and when i'm completely overthinking things and when i'm not as a child you're not aware of that you're not thinking about that yeah um for me it was me being like mom i feel sick mom i feel sick mom i feel sick literally all the time to the point when she got really worried so she took me to the doctors and she was like Um, Hannah feels sick all the time it is constant so then they do blood tests and they do this and they do that and there's nothing wrong at all which is then when he says it's anxiety but at that time they offered no treatment, nothing it was literally just like she'll go out of it not really thinking about the fact that where does this come from for me it comes from trauma So, from my experience, until you deal with that, it does not go away. Until you address your triggers and learn to cope with them or eradicate them completely or however you deal with that, until you do that, Mm. it does not go away, which is why, for me, that didn't work and why, however many years later, 10 years later, I'm back going, well, I'm still really anxious. still, yeah. And it's not until now, at 20, that I'm having what I believe to be the right type of therapy for me to deal with that trauma. Because until I deal with that trauma, I'm not going to deal with anything else. Anxiety-wise, it's always going to be there. I hope that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think it's that progression, that understanding of of the situation, I suppose. Like you say, Mm. being at a stage where um, the symptoms that you're having can be identified by a doctor or someone around you that kind of thinks you need to go and see a doctor potentially for some of the symptoms rather than the actual illness that you have
2: Um,
1: and in my mind I kind of understand a lot more how you'll get into the stage where you're being diagnosed Mm. um, but then I suppose the support isn't good enough necessarily at the adult stage I feel like there's a huge difference Um, like when you're younger you're just getting I guess kind of none of the support but you're getting the same kind of information like oh it could be this and trying to do some of these things might help um basically go away and have a go at that rather than now you're told oh you could try cbt um and medication go away and have a go Mm. at that um that's absolutely yeah so you're getting a little bit more in terms of the support but not a huge difference when you think a child at eight where um i would assume you you don't know whether um, it is something that potentially someone grows out of and it's part of a, a characteristic or a trait that um, maybe they move through um, at a younger age um, or something that is essentially is becoming kind of rooted either in their mind or in their kind of their overall character. Um, yes. And I think my view, I I don't know medicine. I don't know medical stuff. so I don't know how accurate this is. Um But in my mind, potentially one of the things that kind of leads to or affects mental health is that um, you can have that um, imbalance in your brain.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Now, for me, that basically means you're more susceptible to um, having a mental health illness. So something that I experience that might not affect someone else in as much of a serious way, they might be able to process that differently, um, will affect me in a more negative way. yes um so i I get that but then like the medical side of it surely says that um that could be identified earlier on and so i don't know i feel like maybe there's more that could be kind of followed up from that earlier age like if they're saying okay this is something that could be affecting you that they don't just say go away Mm -hmm. give this a go and then we don't really expect to see you again That actually you go back like three months or six months later um and they want to see you. They want you to come back in. Because they want to check, is this something that is just a phase that you're gradually working through? Yes. Or is this something that actually potentially is going to affect you, not necessarily for the rest of your life, but over a longer period of time? And at an age like eight or nine or ten, um, you're about to go into the stage where, stereotypically, a lot of people do start to pick up mental health illnesses. So if you've got one already, mm-hmm. yours is about to get worse.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I believe... One million thousand quadrillion percent that's quite a lot. That, yeah, <laughs> that, that um, this could have been not necessarily prevented, mm. but it could have been dealt with much earlier on than it was. Yeah. When I went to the doctor at eight, nine, ten, and they said to me, You have anxiety, it was literally just like, oh, Okay, you'll grow out of it. See you later. Bye, yeah. Yeah. waving me off as I go. It wasn't until so much later that they actually think, oh, hang on a minute, girl has hugely traumatic events in her life, girl has anxiety.
1: And for me, again, that fits into that idea that if you went back, say, three or six months later or a year later, that's the difference between, is this something that has hugely affected you at this point in your life because it's recent or because you're a child? Or is this something that has affected you hugely at a time Yes. Like, I'm sure if whatever happened happened when you were 40 or 50, it still would have been traumatic and it still would have been a huge event for you. But the fact that it's happened so early on in your life when it is going to make a huge impression, when it is going to be something that essentially you potentially don't move away from, it's always going to be part of your life. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something that needs to be worked on and being able to talk about um, some of your Uh, like your emotions and your experiences and communication essentially is going to be key for you as you move forward Um, I don't see how that wouldn't be beneficial to anyone in that situation Um, we all need more communication skills and to be more comfortable in talking about mental health why a young person that is experiencing some sort of difficulty whether they're going to keep it for a long time for their life or whether it's going to be for a year actually would still benefit from having that kind of support and those skills of being able to talk more openly about the things they're experiencing.
0: Absolutely. This is something that I am so, so hugely passionate about. Um I don't know whether that's because of what happened to me or mm. because I have two very young siblings. I don't know, mm. but we, well, our future generations our children brothers sisters grandparents grandparents grandchildren brother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> your family tree sorry. looks weird
0: <laughs> sorry it's because i'm like i'm really ranting right now so i'm like getting in a in a muddle yep um um they uh what am i trying to say it's only going to get worse
2: yeah
0: basically people need help when they are young Mm -hmm. people need education when they are young because otherwise just the same as it did to me I go through my life plodding along oh this is great lovely 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 and then you feel like you've been hit by a train when you've suddenly got depression anxiety Mm -hmm. and firstly you're thinking what is this secondly Mm -hmm. what do I do about it Mm -hmm. you have I had no education Mm. on mental illness whatsoever so when it hit me it hit me hard yeah i think i i didn't know what i could do about it what it was anything i didn't know anything so i think for children in particular to be able to know not what to expect but what to do if um mental illness should happen to them Mm. i say happen to them if they should
1: uh, be affected by.
0: Be, yes, thank you. Yeah. If they are affected by mental illness, if they're educated at a young age, mm. they then know... I'm really not explaining myself very well, but I'm, like, really getting head up No, now.
1: I get you so far, yeah.
0: They then know what to do... Yeah. ...if it happens to them, yeah. how to recognise it if it happens to somebody else that they know, oh. and... Stigma
1: is reduced Yeah, it's that openness to um, We see it in a lot of different areas Where things aren't spoken about um, Whether um, uh, Whether we apply that to somebody's race Somebody's gender um, Or gender identity Or their sexual orientation Differences in the way people are seen and viewed Have been um, like taboo and Um, Mm. to some extent, kind of um, stereotyped and stigmatised. And really all that comes from just essentially differences, not knowing, not understanding and not wanting, I think, to look silly by not knowing the differences rather than being open to like, to some extent, just education and knowing more and being richer for knowing that other parts of somebody else's culture somebody else's thoughts somebody else's experiences um, or the way they identify themselves and rather than thinking oh like I'm part of like this big group of people that all are very different um, mm. and how great that is it's so like I just want to be around people that are like me and I don't want to yes. surround myself with anyone else because I only know about these people and this is all I'm comfortable with and yeah. I think like I can understand that point of view but Uh, But I don't like it.
0: It's just, it's so closed-minded. How could you be so closed-minded? I think we're all human. Like, we all have a basic um, level of human nature. Why aren't we showing this to other people? It's because people, particularly children, as you say, Mm. they're they're too cool. Yeah.
2: Do
0: you know what I mean? And that really bothers me. Like, Mm. when it comes to my younger siblings, I think... If they ever were to experience mental illness in the way that I did, my heart would just break. Mm. It really would. And would they know what to do about it? Would they know what it was? Would they know where to to go? Yeah. Probably not. They wouldn't. And I just, I had something else to say and I can't remember what it was.
1: I would like to think um, someone that's that close to you Um, would actually be in a really good position because you've probably created an opportunity with the people that are around you to talk openly about mental health because of your own um, your own experience but also the things that you're doing as well and they Mm. would be open to talking about that in the same way that uh, someone that's a sports person their children will know about different sports
2: yes Um, yeah
1: and that comes from like that person's potentially their career, but their interests and their hobbies. And Mm. I think that's because you're really proactive in the field. I think it's for us to then kind of get that across to people who maybe aren't in a family where there's somebody that's directly been affected or is willing to talk about it Um, and create, as I think started to come up as almost a regular theme now in the last couple of weeks um, (laughs) on the chats around education Yes. Um, and actually the fact that so many people want to um, see that change and believe that um, there is generally I, I don't necessarily think it's um, like because of the, the year that it is. Um, but I think generally younger people are a little bit less scared sometimes about talking out um, yes. because you're more um, you're a little bit more fearless Um, Mm. sometimes that's because of um, your view isn't one of if I say or do this it's going to cost me my job or my career yes Um, your view is like I am a revolutionary Um, and I think there's something really powerful in that Um, I agree and that has to be kind of keyed into and that then allows those people that are a little bit older and this is a very stereotypical view um, those people that are a little bit older that wouldn't come out and be the first person to do that to kind of join in with that and be part of that movement um, and talk about their experience that then will help other people that are potentially of a similar age or again the fact that younger people sometimes will take a lot from from you as a younger person because you're closer to their age but also maybe someone that's 60 or 70 because maybe they have that affiliation with the the older person respect for them maybe it's like a grandparent Mm. and there's so much that can be taken from that but my view is kind of one of the like there's so much knowledge and experience with an older person and they can tell you so much about their lives and the world that you live in but younger people, again, stereotypically, are the ones that are a little bit more creative, a little bit more um, kind of risk-taking and prepared to kind of put their uh, put themselves out there um, and can come up with those creative ways to, to do that and to key in again with younger <coughs> people as well. Um,
0: this is why I always speak about... Um, kind of the next generation, the future generation, because Mm. this is, they are going to be who makes a difference. Yeah. Um, Realistically. I mean, if I could, I would love to. (laughs) But really, it is going to be the next generation or two that can make a real difference about this. And I agree. I think education is absolutely... Vital. I would love to see mental health put on the the curriculum in my lifetime.
2: Mm.
0: Whether it will happen or not, I don't know, because I think, to be honest, and I hate to say this, but I do believe it, that a lot of parents would be like, "Oh, I don't want my children to learn about that kind of thing," but they'll they'll let their children learn about um, sex education.
1: Yeah. See, I'm in between on on that because my view is that it's actually very similar to sex education where Mm. a lot of people don't want their children to be taught about that I think and again my view might be different is that actually it's a lot of people that are around or between our ages um, that think that young people should be given um, more or some um, sex education um, and at an earlier age. Um, And I think generally younger people that maybe don't understand it, don't care, or maybe don't want it because they don't want the embarrassment of it as it is at the moment. Um, And older people don't want it being taught in any more detail or any younger um, because yes. of the way that they view that conversation going.
2: Um
1: yes. As someone that's worked in different stages of education, um, I, in my mind, I see mental health and sex education sitting in a similar area of these are not, um, let's say, um, traditional academic subjects that fit into science, technology, maths, etc., and historically have been thrown into the old um, PSRE or PSHE (laughs) um, or social studies or social skills or whatever, where you get so much thrown in, um, which in the last year or so has become something similar to British values or respect or whatever they call it at the moment. Um, And it includes so many different things that each potential area that is massive is not being covered in enough detail um yes and i think for me things like sexual health where i think the let's say the general topic of sexual health should be um taught in primary school um now i'm not talking about (laughs) um let's get out some condoms and show how show you how to use these but i am talking (laughs) about things (laughs) like um Having respect, understanding for like what the human body is, um talking about, I think, even at that stage, about things like consent. Now we're not necessarily talking about consent of sex, but consent of like relationships, interacting with other people, um, and communication. Um and mm-hmm. I think those things are really key.. Um, under some sort of heading of I don't know like relationships or communication or something like that yeah Um, but for me that then feeds into your sex ed at secondary school yeah so that then when we come in and we are talking about like here's a condom here's how to put it on that isn't like this is your like one or second lesson of this and that is it Mm -hmm. there's no build-up to it and so it seems really silly and really funny because you've had no build-up there's no explanation um, there's going to be no follow up from this session. Everyone's like laughing because basically you don't really know where to look or what to do. Um, <clears throat> stereotypes um, and stigma is created by when I had my I think we had two sexual health lessons at school. Um, boys yeah. and girls are separated, which I don't, yeah. I don't agree with. I think yeah. um, everyone should understand what a penis and what a vagina is and boys and girls should have the knowledge and the responsibility to know about condoms and Mm -hmm. um, about sexual health contraception um, protection but also the illnesses that can come along with that and I don't see why that's any different for a boy
0: and a girl and a girl yeah but also by doing that you are then teaching um, people from a young age basic morals and principles like consent communication etc that they can use for so many other aspects of life that are so so important Mm. to me they're basic morals and principles that people aren't grasping yeah i completely agree with you
1: um and i think that fits in then to to mental health where we're talking about just being open and honest and talking about the experiences that you have um, mm-hmm. and that kind of communication I think at that early age it is about just communication it's about talking about like how do you feel what are you thinking like how did um like I don't know how did watching that video make you feel rather than tell me about the five facts that we just saw in that video yeah like it's you can use the same stuff but it's talking about it in a different way I think
0: and also caring for other people yeah learning about how to to offer help and support to other people
1: mm um it's so important. Yeah. I think some really important messages there, but also recognise we've come a long way off topic. <laughs> yes, I <did> think that. <laughs> um, to pull it back, because I think we're, we're, we're clocking over just over the hour. Um, Sorry. Um, so I've got a, just kind of one more thing that I really wanted to touch on and talk about for a little bit um and okay. we'll try and keep a, roughly it doesn't matter if we go over we'll try and keep ourselves under an hour and a half um so it's not too long um okay. but jumping all the way back to the hashtag talk mh chat and the progress that it's made the fact that you've um built up a great following within that audience loads of people that are involved very proactively and those that are adding into it and I know in the last Um, I don't know about the last few days, but the last couple of weeks, we've started to talk about putting you on the spot. Now, um, we've started to talk about having some sort of meet up or event or things like that. I knew this was going (laughs) to be it. So, I was wondering, firstly, obviously, what your ideas with that are, if you're able to say any, um, but also where you see um, having had like a website or a blog that has then evolved into or included now uh, like a, a Twitter chat that potentially in the future could have an event and where maybe you see that going Mm. in the future or if there's any ideas or things that you might like to try in the future?
0: You are so sly. I knew this (laughs) was coming. I just knew it. (laughs) Um, Well, um, to be completely honest, I would absolutely adore a talk mental health meet Mm. in some way. Um, The main issues I have firstly are um finances, mm. money, yep. um and also location. We have well I'm gonna say that again, we are lucky to have um so many different people from so many different areas. There are quite a few of us in the south, um but also there's loads of people in the north. We have somebody that joins us from America. Mm. Um and I think there's actually somebody oh, I can't remember where the other person is. I can't remember, but there's people from all across the globe.
1: We have Mark from Holland as well, don't we?
0: Yes. So, and like Mark, I would so want Mark to be there because Mark supports me so much. He speaks to me all the time. Mm. Um, So that bothers me slightly that not everybody would like to be there because I'd love to just meet everybody and be like, hi, and have like a massive group hug and it would be great. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: But realistically, that can't happen. Um, so in terms of avoiding, um, the finances situation, I kind of thought, okay, what about if we just have like a massive picnic in Hyde Park or something Mm. like that? Um, I will say that I have drafted a guest list. Uh, but it hasn't gone any further than that. I think
1: Um, it's just seeing that, um, kind of like, evolution of people that are kind of having a an online conversation to a stage where actually everyone wants to be able to like meet Mm. up to to meet you the person that started it but to meet each other as well and the people that they've spoken to um on a regular or sporadic occasion um and I think it's that building of okay this isn't just like something where we chat occasionally about different bits and pieces like it is building that Um, that group of people. Um, I'm trying really hard not to say community because you said you don't like it. But that that thing that's like a community but not a community of people. Yes. Um, And that friendship group, Doom. Yes. Um, And I think it's really interesting because I've seen a few um, other uh, events and things that have popped up um, that have been spoken about. And one thing that I'd not thought about until I saw... I'd love to credit this to someone, but I can't remember who said it. Um, <laughs> the, actually, like, it's great to get everyone together and you do have to look at places. Like, um, I know there's one uh, uh, in Manchester coming up and people have mentioned things going on in London and different places. Yeah. Um, and that's great in terms of it being um, commutable for certain people. Or you can, at the very least, if you're a long distance away, you can travel to places that are quite central or a big city. Um, yes. But only recently someone mentioned about the fact that actually we're a mental health group um, and we do. Oh, that
0: was me. It was me. Was it
1: you? That we do have people within that group that actually really suffer from um, anxiety and taking those people or getting them to meet up in a large city where they have to travel by train coach or whatever actually is hugely triggering and hugely difficult for those people.
0: Yes, that was me. And the reason I said that was because I, myself, am one of those people. Mm. Um, I have to go to London next Friday. Um, I have to go in the evening and in the daytime. It's like a whole day thing. It's going to be really, really busy. I have to get the train and I have to get the tube.
2: Mm.
0: If I'm honest, that day is my worst nightmare. Yeah. It is completely my worst nightmare. So that is something else that I'm... I, I don't know how to get around that yeah for the taught mental health event i don't know how that would work and i'm not angry about that because i completely get it i myself will be one of those people that really struggles yeah um so i thought about i don't know traveling in groups i i don't know these are all of the things that i'm trying to trying to work out how i can do it so that it works for as many people as possible Mm. um but it is definitely something that i'm thinking about
1: yeah and i think that's where you see um like the kind of uh, um the benefits is the wrong word but the variety of the community and taking the strength of there's so many different people with um like different experiences and trying to cater for everybody but also once you've got everyone that can make it there the like the richness of that conversation because the people that are there are there
2: Yes,
0: yeah, that's exactly it. Like, I want to do it. And I want everyone to be there because I know how brilliant it would be to have everybody together and to meet everybody. I know for a fact that I would cry. I'd put money on it. (laughs) Because it would just be so brilliant. Mm. But we've got to get there. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I am. I'm trying.
1: Are there moving away from putting you on the spot so much (laughs) um (laughs) it's like is there anything in the future that you've kind of got an interest or something that you might want to do around um it doesn't necessarily have to be tied into the um the twitter chat but is there something else or any ideas of things that you'd like to do around mental health Mm.
0: well (laughs) actually um i was i can't say too much about this annoyingly but yesterday i was sitting at my desk And, again, as it does, an idea just popped into my head, same Mm. way it did for the chat, and I thought, oh, that would be a bloody good idea. Um, So I am working on a different project at the moment. It's not related to the chat, but it's heavily related to mental health, and it focuses on um, children and the education side of things, so I'm really glad that you asked me about that. Um, It focuses on sort of that side of things, it's in very early stages Mm. i don't even know if it's definitely going to happen but there is there are things going on
1: that's all i'm going
0: to say that's awesome
1: (laughs) to hear like that (laughs) there's kind of something else that's going to happen and that we get a chance to read or see about at a later stage
0: i think there's going to be lots going on
1: okay oh I eager to know more. I love
0: um, how you're excited about this.
1: <laughs> no, when you come back and you're like, it's a presentation. I'm like, oh!
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's really good. It's so exciting. And I'm like absolutely buzzing. And I wish I could just tell everybody, like... um. You know, Rich, Rich Biscuit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely love Rich. He sent me a message yesterday on Twitter, being like, um, "I'm dying to know what you're planning, like, what yeah. you're thinking about." Because he, I wrote a tweet being like, "Oh my God, just had the most amazing idea."
2: Yeah.
0: Um, kind of watch this space kind of thing and he was like oh my god what's going on and I was like I can't tell you I'm so sorry and he was like sending me grumpy gifts and things like that oh my god (laughs) I love how excited everybody gets
1: I know oh the anticipation this
0: is why I love everyone I just love you guys you're so great
1: I know it's going to involve the type of presentation. <laughs> got, even even if it's like a 10-second presentation that leads up to a big announcement, like, I'm expecting like a little mini video now.
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry, I can't tell you.
1: <laughs> no, that's okay. Oh, I'm stopped recording <laughs> now. What are you doing?
2: <laughs> no,
1: oh, not going to happen. No, that's so exciting to hear. And I think, obviously... Um, uh whatever it is you've got planned i'm sure it's going to be hugely successful and it will affect and work with a lot of different people as well so that'll be really cool to to kind of hear or see um whatever's going on in the future as well but i think Mm. for for now just the stuff that's going on with the the online chat it's great to see more people kind of coming in and being part of that and i think the opportunity to also share as often happens towards the end of that hour um people kind of posting a little bit about their own um, experiences, so their own blogs or websites. Um, sometimes, like, things that they found really useful mm. um, that have helped them has been really good as well. I know we have had the occasional um, uh, non-sponsored ad being thrown into the chat, <laughs> trying <laughs> to claim some sort of kudos or something from being there. I know exactly I was what you're so, I was so pleased. I can't remember if it was last week or the week before when we basically just shooed them straight out the door was I, it
0: last week i think it was i can't
1: remember if it was last week or not but yeah the, they disappeared quite quickly <laughs>
0: we were not happy were we
1: <laughs> no I, i'm not sure that anyone else commented on it apart from you and me
0: i don't think anybody noticed literally like, within seconds i was like can you not and then you were there and it just all, it went within seconds <laughs>
2: yeah. we Actually, were, were straight on the case
1: and it isn't to buy sunglasses yeah. <laughs> oh dear um is there anything else you'd kind of like to, to mention as we come towards the end of the podcast?
0: Um, please visit my blog. Cool. Um,
1: <laughs> do you want to give um, like a little intro that I can add on um, at the beginning or the end of the episode? So you kind of just introduce, um, do like a short introduction. Um, just say your name and all of your links and where people can find you.
0: Okay, so... My name is Hannah. I created Little Thoughts blog, which can be found at um, www.littlethoughtsblog.com. um I have also created Talk Mental Health Twitter chat, which takes place on a Thursday evening at eight thirty PM UK time. My Twitter handle is at Hannah A H Rainy R A I N E Y Underscore.
1: I love a good underscore.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. So you have, like, three, don't
1: you? Uh, two. Easy now. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. sorry, sorry. <laughs> I thought, oh, it looks really, like, clear because it separates your name because I, I couldn't wear... I don't, can't remember if you can't have dots or I couldn't get dots. I can't, I can't remember. And I thought, oh, yeah, it looks really good. And then the amount of people I have seen now that don't put anything in between first and last names, and I'm like, you still get a pretty good idea and it looks a lot cleaner when you say it because you're like, yes. it's my name. <laughs> and I'm like, damn it, it's is, like, my name, underscore, my name, underscore. <laughs>
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is a lengthy process actually but the thing is my surname people always spell it wrong so i have to like spell it out anyway so
1: mm. i suppose it could be ranley no it's
0: people always make comments i'm waiting for your comment about the weather
1: or something miserable oh it's funny you say that because i wouldn't uh, just because and honestly purely because of the e. Mm. In my mind, it doesn't say rain.
0: <laughs> what well, <it> doesn't say?
1: <laughs> it's just a name. But if the E wasn't there, it would be rain with a Y, so it'd be rainy. Which yes. I know is the same sound, but the E...
0: <laughs> no, that makes me happy.
1: Okay. <laughs> I feel, like, really stupid now.
0: <laughs> no, I'm teased about that, honestly. But That's e, made me really
1: happy. the E for me makes it not say... Although I'm probably going to think that now because you've said it. But <laughs> before... The E separated it in that it made it a different word for me. Um because in my mind it's R A I and then like in my main separately, it's N E Y. I guess it's a different way your mind separates stuff.
0: <laughs> well, thank goodness for the E, that's all I can say.
1: Yeah oh, dear.
0: We have massively digressed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> bringing on someone that's like well known for mental health and we spent a lot of time talking about specifically sex your education. name and sex education
0: oh well people might like
1: it i'm sure they will love it <laughs> if i have to I tell them so. to love it i will good um it has been lovely talking to you, Hannah. Um, it's been a pleasure. And it'd be lovely to have a chat again, uh, maybe at a later stage when you're able to talk a little bit more about whatever it is you've got going on in the future as well. Yes. Um, and uh, if we get to a stage where there's a like a meet-up going on, maybe have something before or after that as well will be um, lovely.
0: Mm, that sounds good.
1: Uh, and I guess for now... I've got to go away and actually prepare um,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: for hosting in a little over an hour. Um,
0: Enjoy it. Honestly, it's so much fun. You'll love it.
1: Um, I think I'm going to try and set up. I always operate like just off of my phone um, because it's the thing that refreshes the quickest. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I might try and have a go with um, using my iPad as well, Um, just so I can look at a couple of different things at the same time. Cause I That's probably it, a
0: good idea.
1: I find it really handy on things like when we're doing the podcast to have, um, like, I have the Skype screen up to see like the, the calls still going on, but also um, like a browser so I can click between things like the website for whoever I'm talking to and the Twitter page as well. Yeah, um, and I find that really handy. So I think I'm probably going to do the same thing. Um, That's
0: probably a good idea because it it gets quite sort of heavy. A lot goes on. You get loads of notifications. Yeah. Um. I had my laptop is rubbish um and one week it broke on me
1: oh, and nice. I had to use
0: my phone whilst I was hosting yeah <laughs> yes <Yeah, so laughs> it's <was> not
1: fun <laughs> but like the phone is really handy because I can do like responses and stuff quicker but it's mm. when you uh when you're I've seen like when people are hosting before and I think oh you're included in so much that actually you don't necessarily need to reply to and then there's those that you need to reply to yes um so it's kind of that balance there but
0: that's very true. And also, schedule the questions.
1: Yeah. So um, it doesn't matter if you lose track of time then, because the questions yes. still go...
0: Literally, the amount of times I've looked at the clock and been like, blimey, it's nine o'clock already, and then you're like, Um, oh, there's only half an hour left. It goes so quickly. (laughs) And we're still saying hello. (laughs) Yes. Honestly, it goes so quickly. It's great fun, though.
1: Yeah, it's really good. I'm really looking forward to it. So
0: Enjoy it.
1: Thank you very much, and thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been lovely talking, and um, look forward to talking to you again and seeing you soon at the to be arranged mental health meet (laughs) yeah
0: thank you for having me
1: that's okay have a lovely evening hannah
0: and you too bye thank you bye
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to the end of the podcast, I guess. Um, It was amazing to talk to Hannah uh, and find out all about um, her journey with mental health and her experiences, her achievements, um, and the things that have gone on around her website, her blog, and obviously the Twitter chat more recently. So a huge thank you to her for coming onto the show and talking about her experience. And I hope you enjoyed um, hearing it a little bit more about Hannah, who I'm sure you already knew a few bits and pieces about anyway. I'd like to take this opportunity just to, again, say thank you to all of the guests that have come on to the podcast previously, but also send out a big open invitation to all of you that are listening. Um, If you're interested in coming on to the podcast to talk about your own experience or mental health in general, maybe even a side topic, uh, I'd be really interested to hear from you um, and see if we can sort something out. So please do get in contact through... Uh, twitter or through the website mikesopenjournal.com it'll be lovely to hear from you thank you very much for listening and please do remember you're not alone out there